These are very small verses, but they are loaded. They are packed with great truth. John 14, verses 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. For emphasis sake, let me read these two brief verses again. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. For the sake of our visitors, I have been emphasizing some of God's precious promises in these services. And tonight... I would like to use these two verses and preach on this subject, a promise to pray by. A promise to pray by. My thought in this uh, area is that uh, the seamstress has her pattern and the builder has his blueprint. And the chemist has his formula. We as God's people have our instructions. And uh, tonight, this matter of prayer inspections or instructions comes by way of a promise. A promise to pray by. I love uh, some of the great statements that have been made about prayer. Uh, J.C. Ryle said everyone who kneels daily before God and from his heart prays has a right to take comfort in these words. That is the words of our text. Thomas Brooks, one of the old Puritans said, cold prayers are like arrows without heads. Swords without edges. Birds without wings. John Bunyan made this memorable statement. When thou prayest, rather let thy heart be without words than thy words without heart. So when we come to this subject of prayer, we are not talking about some flippant little uh, formula that someone has come up with. But we're talking about the cries of the heart of God's people. And I trust that the Lord will help us. You see, this matter of prayer is more than just our selfish wants, isn't it? It's more than just... uh, being overwhelmed with our silly whims or trying to get God to respond to our speedy wishes. But God has given us a plan, a an instruction manual here in this little emphasis on prayer. 
Now, let me make my confession. I used to think that these two verses didn't seem to fit into the scheme of this chapter. Because the first 12 verses talks about Christ going back to heaven and preparing a place for us. And how that He is the way uh, to God. And then the remaining verses of the chapter from verse 15 on has much to do with the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what is taking place after Christ goes back to Him. And then there's the two little verses about prayer. And I, when I would see them, I felt like, boy, they just sort of come, seem to come at the wrong place. But all Scripture, as you know, is given by inspiration of God. And uh, there, I believe that God's Word is not only divinely given or delivered, but it's divinely divided. And uh, every statement is in its proper place. Here, Jesus is saying, I am going back to the Father. And I am going to send my Spirit to work in you in my physical absence. But He said, you're going to have a great and effectual opportunity by talking to me, communicating with me through the channel of prayer. I believe that this is a very big issue that gets very little coverage in our day. You know, to get, to get your story on the evening news, it almost has to be radical. It almost has to be left field, unusual, outstanding. Some little normal story is not big enough for the media to cover. And I confess to you that as I travel, I notice that people are prone to respond to catchy titles. Are unusual themes. Uh, I have been in churches where they have had prophecy conferences. And the prophecy preacher preached on the Antichrist. And the people are just caught up in it. Enthralled in that prophecy emphasis. I come in and try to preach on Christ. Not the Antichrist. But the real, the true Christ. And they look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. What is he after? What is he trying to say? And so I must confess I'm not using anything catchy tonight. I'm not magnifying something that uh, is worthy of media attention. But oh, I believe this is a great secret issue in the lives of God's people. This ministry of prayer. So let's examine this promise with these instructions before us. I, I want to begin with what I'm calling the vastness of the promise to pray by. The vastness. This is not a narrow word. This is a very wide emphasis. Verse 13, notice the phrase, and Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. 
did not just say, uh, you, you shall ask certain things in my name, but he said, whatsoever. That, that, that covers a lot of territory, doesn't it? Again, in verse 14, Jesus repeated this emphasis of the vastness of the promise uh, involving prayer. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Here the Lord Jesus gives us the, the large terrain of prayer. He sets before us this this large expanse of Christian experience. Now, I notice often people want to get included in things. Uh, if you have some kind of push in the Sunday school department, someone wants to get in the picture. They, they want to make sure their class gets more people than the other classes. Uh, or uh, if you have... Uh, a building program. There's always someone who makes a special effort to get into uh, the picture. Uh, I've noticed some people thrive on platform time. Uh, they don't want to give their announcement from the congregation. They want to come up to the platform. They have to have that, that setting. Well, if you're interested in getting included, if you're interested in getting into something, this is a wide territory. There's plenty of room in this subject, in this sphere of prayer. The vastness of the promise is set before us. Whatsoever ye shall ask. Now, I dare say here tonight, there are certain burdens on our hearts. There are certain objects that uh, are troubling us. Can I ask you, will what is burdening you fit into whatsoever? You, you think you can get your prayer into that territory? Whatsoever ye shall ask. Or can I uh, go further and say, Jesus said, if ye shall ask anything, would that include the troubled heart that you're, you're experiencing? Or the matter that is on your mind? Anything. Ah, that's wide enough for every need to be included. Every believer to be included. Jesus said, look at the vastness of my promise. Whatsoever ye shall ask. And if ye shall ask anything. Now the enemy seems to take us to extremes. He would say to us, Well your prayer request is just too big to bring before God. Or he'll go to the other side and he'll say, Why that little prayer request shouldn't even be mentioned to God. But I want to say whether you feel like it is very minute, or whether you feel like it is major, it all fits into this realm whatsoever he shall ask. Anything. So we're confronted in this promise to pray by, firstly, with the vastness of the promise. That sort of takes away some of our, our uh, excuses, does it not? Whatsoever 
ye shall ask. I had one of my students ask me some time ago, he said, Brother Tom, you said that we should pray about everything. He said, he said that old banger of a car that I'm driving, he said, it's going to lay down on me. He said, do you really think I ought to pray about my next car? And I tried to be as honest with him as I could. I said, brother, if you had driven some of the vehicles I have driven, you would pray intensely about your next vehicle. I believe you can pray about anything whatsoever is your concern is God's interest. Notice secondly, we are not only confronted with the vastness of the promise, this promise to pray by, but we are made aware of the vehicle of this promise. He said, and whatsoever ye shall ask. And in verse 14 he added, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Prayer has an asking side to it. Now to some of us, that may not be as humbling as to others. But I must confess to you, I am not one to ask anybody for anything. If somebody asks me, that's different. But for me to go out of my way to ask you for something, I don't know if it's just my independent nature or if I got it from my daddy or what. But uh, I, I had rather go pick up uh, Coke cans than to ask you for something. Uh, I believe God is well able to provide uh, for my needs. But there's something about asking that is very humbling for me. Well, in a measure, I believe Jesus is saying, if you want your petitions, if you want these desires, you must ask. You must humble yourself before God and acknowledge that you cannot produce on your own. You cannot perform in your own strength. You must ask simply, sincerely ask whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, Jesus said, that will I do. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I wonder what you've asked God for today. I wonder what you need to just simply ask the Father about. What is it that you need to pour your heart out to God about? Ah, uh, that's the vehicle. Somebody said, well, I want God to do, I want God to work, I want God to help, I want God to assist. I want God to minister. You must ask. No, it isn't that God is duty bound to the requests of his children. He is performing his will in this world. But somehow in the ministry of prayer, we enter in to what God is doing. We enjoy and appropriate the benefits of God in prayer. 
years ago, Brother Darrell Wood here tonight asked, uh, said to me that he had heard of the story of a missionary who had experienced revival on the mission field. And he came home and was giving the account in something like a preacher's meeting. And uh, he told how God had moved miraculously on the field. And uh, some of the preachers asked him, Well, brother, what did you do? What, what did you say that caused that to happen? And the missionary humbly admitted, Brother, it wasn't what I did or said. I just happened to be there when God was working. Oh, I believe when we are in prayer and we're in earnest prayer about various matters, God will see to it that we're there when He's working. When He is uh, bringing out His purpose. Notice thirdly, in this promise to pray by, we not only see the vastness of the promise that should guide our petitions, and the vehicle of the promise that should bring out our petitions. But notice thirdly, the validation of the promise. And whatsoever ye shall ask, that will I do. No, 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 no. I left out three words. Look at them. And whatsoever ye shall ask, in my name, in my name, that will I do. Verse 14, if ye shall ask anything, I will do it. No, he didn't say that. He said, if you will ask anything, in my name, I will do it. Our prayers are not worth the words apart from approaching the Father in the name of the Son. His name is the validation of the promise. I like to think here of Christ as our advocate. Uh, he is our intercessor. You know, believers are blessed with having two advocates. We have an advocate, or same word translated in the New Testament, a comforter living within us. We have an inner advocate. And then we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father. My interpretation of that is we're getting assistance on both sides of the river. The Holy Spirit is helping us here. The Lord Jesus is helping us there. We have an advocate. We must pray then in His name. Not only does this speak to us of Christ as our advocate in prayer, but it speaks to us of Christ our authority in prayer. Here Jesus says, if you want your prayers to be effective and authoritative, you must pray in my name. <laughs> I, I came up in a mountain church where all the people prayed together. And, uh, you know, traveling, uh, Brother Bond, has been a very educating experience for this mountain boy. I, you see it all out here, you know, going from church to church and from uh, one one field to another field. 
But uh, I soon learned everybody doesn't pray out loud at the same time. And I soon learned that everybody does not think alike in every area. Uh, one of the things that blew me away was I grew up in a very, somewhat a sheltered environment. And if there were any divisions in the church, we didn't talk about it at home. Then when I got out here on the road, brother, was it an enlightenment to find that people can't get along with each other. At any rate, if there's any authority in prayer, it's not our little habits. Somebody said, I know the Lord's going to answer that prayer because of how I felt when I prayed. Well, you... You may have just drunk a little too much Kool-Aid and you had a little rush. Uh, your feelings are not necessary, necessarily uh, a means of, of assurance for God answering your prayers. And then, of course, as a boy coming up and as a young preacher, hearing others pray, I thought you had to get in a certain gear. Or you had to get in a certain gate. And if you ever got that rhythm going, if you ever really got it going right, then brother, you were praying. You were praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, I certainly hope that some of my prayers have been in the Holy Ghost. But it's not according to the speed of the prayer. And it's not according to the volume of the prayer. Some, some of us are rather loud, you know. It's like that little girl came up to me some time ago and she said, why do you holler so loud? I, I didn't try to explain it to her. I didn't feel negative about her. I knew she had heard her mama talking on the way to church. So I just left it alone. It's not how loud we pray. It's not how quiet we pray. You know, there's some that interpret that Old Testament text. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent before. They, the only th way they think you can pray is silently. Very quietly. Boy, I could give them some eye-opening experiences in certain churches where I go. I'm saying, however, that... That doesn't validate your prayer if you uh, pray at a certain speed or a certain volume or uh, you have a certain piety in your voice, in the sound of your voice. That's not authority in prayer. Our authority, our validation before the throne of grace is the high name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If God listens to you at all, if God listens to me at all, it's because of our faith affiliation with His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, not only is this a vast world, this world of prayer, whatsoever, anything, and not only is there a special vehicle that leads us into this world, ask, ask. But He said, there is the validation of the promise. In my name. You, you know, this statement, what Jesus teaches here, makes 
makes our little phrase at the end of our prayer in Jesus' name. It helps us see that it isn't just something we end our prayer. It's not just a handle to put at the end of our prayer. In Jesus' name. Why, that'll work at the beginning of your prayer. In Jesus' name, Father, I come before thy throne. It'll work in the middle of your prayer. After you have worshipped God and beheld him in his highness to say, Oh, holy God, oh, high lifted up one, I come in the lordly name of thy son, the Lord Jesus. Right in the middle of your prayer. Hey, that is the validation of the promise. In his name. His name. I I have made comments along these lines for several years. I may have even mentioned it here, but I was interested in a little conversation I had heard about the problem that the business world is having with name dropping. It seems that people will fill out a resume and they will put names on the as their references. Names of people that they really don't know. But they think that it will impress the boss to, to consider them for the job because of who they know. Name dropping. Well, we even see that in religious circles, don't we? We want to know what other, who other people know. It's like my meeting a, a pastor maybe that I've never preached for or preached around. And one of the first things he may say is, and what is your pastor's name, Brother Hayes? He wants to get that name, you see. And I tell him my pastor's name. That doesn't seem to ring any bells. Then he wants to know it. And what church are you out of? And I tell him the name of my home church. That doesn't seem to stir up anything. And uh, he wants to know, uh, well, uh, what school are you out of? Or uh, what group of preachers do you run with? I've been telling everybody the last few years just, I guess, to be a smart ass. I run with that crowd that's panting after God. That's the crowd I'm interested in running with. I make no bones about it. But I say, beloved, it's not. Name dropping may not be the best thing in the religious world, the business world. But Jesus said, when you're talking to my father, make sure you drop my name. Give my name. My Father is listening for that in my name. The validation of the promise. Would you notice a fourth issue in the instructions given to us here about prayer? We not only see in this promise to pray by the vastness of the promise and the vehicle of the promise, the validation of the promise, but watch it now. We are confronted with the vow. The vow of the promise. Jesus said, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I might do that. No, he said, that will I do. He vows to do it. And in verse 14, again, he gives this I will. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will. 
affirms, he pledges himself and his willingness in this arena of prayer. I will. Well, I've tried to make some comparisons. This I will is just as big as another I will in this chapter. Jesus said back in verse number 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And we all say, He's coming. He's coming. He said He would come. And He's coming. But hold it. He didn't just say, I will come again. But he said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. He not only, not only can we say he is coming because he said he will, he would, but we can say he is going to answer prayer because he said he would. I will do it. He also said in this chapter, verse number 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This, of course, is a promise relating to the blessed Holy Spirit. And just as Christ's future coming is something we can count on, so His answering prayer is something we can count on. And just as His sending the Holy Spirit as our comforter is something we can count on, so His answering prayer is something we can count on. The I will vow of the Lord Jesus. Now, had He said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I might do it. Well, we couldn't complain about that because He's God and He does as He pleases. And if he said, if you shall ask anything in my name, I can do it. We, we shouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be upset with that because we know he is the Almighty and he can do all things. Jesus didn't even say, if you shall ask anything in my name, I ought to do it. No. He affirms, he pledges his activity. Says, I will do it. Oh, Mama, I wish you could believe that tonight. That somehow you can lay hold of that tonight. Papa, Mama, if somehow you could enter into that reality tonight. You shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Of course, I do not believe that he is referring to haphazard requests. We know that because of a fifth emphasis. We have looked at the vastness of the promise whatsoever, anything. We have looked at the vehicle of the promise just by simply, sincerely asking. We have looked at the validation of the promise in Jesus' name. We have looked at the vow of the promise. I will. I have told people on occasions I will do that. And I have forgotten. I have forgotten. 
I made a car going back up the interstate last night to a preacher friend of mine that I thought might could help me with a little dilemma. I had a pastor call me about six months ago and I told him that I would get back with him before summer about a fall date. And I haven't gotten back with him. And when I began to look for his number, I couldn't find his number. In fact, to my embarrassment, I couldn't even remember his name. And I called a friend of mine who knows almost every preacher in that area. And together, going up the road last night on our phones, we came up with the name. And he called me back and gave me the number. And I plan on calling the dear brother before this week is out. I, I have said I will on occasions, and I failed to do it. But if Jesus says, I will, get ready. He's going to do it. Before we go our way tonight, I'd like to mention one-fifth aspect of this promise to pray by. I want to call it the vision of the promise, or if you prefer, the focus of the promise. Jesus said, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. And what is the vision? What is the focus of the promise? That the Father may be glorified. In the Son. Somebody said, Tom, do you believe God will answer my prayer? If it's prayed in Jesus' name, according to the will of God and to the glory of the Father, I believe God hears and answers prayer. James tells us, however, that not all our prayers are delivered to God for His glory. But we pray amiss, James testified, that we might consume it upon our own lust or our own desires. We pray to gratify self instead of to glorify God. This promise to pray by zeroes in on the glory of the Father. Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. <laughs> what is your purpose for praying what you're praying? Is it so you'll benefit from it? Is it so others will see who you are, what a great prayer warrior you are? Uh, is it that uh, that you might uh, that you might make it make a statement of your faith? Well, God I heard my prayer. I tell you, the goal should be God Himself. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. I believe this matter of glorifying God is a great measuring device for our motives in every area of the Christian life. I've been often asked, Brother Hayes, do you believe this is right or do you believe this is wrong? How do you feel about this issue? To me, this is one of the great ways to weigh it out. Will that glorify God? Will God be glorified through it? 
if he can be glorified through it, then I'm in favor of it. If he'll not be glorified through it, then we should abandon it and seek other uh, channels. Here, Jesus said, make sure you test your prayers by your motive to glorify God. You know, I've heard some prayers that just sort of made the hair on my arm raise up. I heard a prayer this year that moved me because of the person who prayed it. But I've heard, since I heard that prayer, I've heard from others that he has done some things and said some things and been some places that are not becoming to a child of God. Boy, that prayer moved me. <laughs> Asked my wife, I even came home and told her about it. But apparently, it was all void and empty because his motive was not to glorify God. It impressed me. I sort of liked it. I don't think God was interested in it. Because he's interested in what glorifies him. Oh, may he purify our motives, our aims, our desires. One of my friends told me he was glad that I finally had grandchildren so I would have some new illustrations. And brother, do I have them. Uh, I, I've been listening to what the boys say about prayer and how they pray when we ask them to give thanks for the food or before we go to bed at night. It impresses me some of the things they say. One of them, and the things they notice, the little one said to me the other day, Papa, why do you always have to hold Mama's hand when y'all pray? <laughs> well, I'm glad you noticed it. I told him, I said, I just feel closer to, to Mama when I'm holding her hand. Feel like both of us are praying that way. Oh, he said, oh. The oldest one said to me the other day, I didn't realize I was doing it, or he was thinking, I had no intention, no uh, purpose for him to be affected by this, but he said to me the other week, he said, Papa, why do you always say, Lord, help us, Jesus, help us? I said, what do you mean? He said, you, when you're walking through the house, you say, Lord, help us. I didn't know how to answer him, but I said, well, honey, maybe Papa needs help more than anybody else you know. I hope they pick up something that's valuable when it comes to prayer. Our little phrases, our little habits is not what they need to pick up, is it? They need to pick up that there's access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If ye shall ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. Do you believe that? Oh, that God would put it in our hearts. 
in the days to come. I'm really of the persuasion that some of the things that are before us, dear folks, will not make it through them without prayer and crying out to God. Oh, that we might learn anew and afresh something of approaching Him. Thank you for letting me pour out my heart. Would you stand with me?